0: Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session.
1: Hi, uh, my name is Simu Liu. I'm an actor, writer, stuntman, um, motivational speaker. I I try to dabble in as many things as I can. Um, I'm based in Toronto. I split my time between Toronto and LA. And you probably know me from uh, the CBC show Kim's Convenience. I play Jung.
2: I do know you're a motivational speaker.
1: I'm okay, it's something that I'm um, um, I'm kind of throwing out there into the world cuz I'd like to get uh that to happen more often. Oh,
2: Okay, okay, okay. But
1: no, no, I have had uh, a couple of gigs so far and I you know obviously the platform that I've been given through Kim's convenience is yeah. it has been has been great in kind of serving as the conduit and the gateway to like the that kind of branch of of everything, but um, yeah, I mean, I mentioned to you before that I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk and just how yeah. he's able to like get you to simultaneously feel so shitty about yourself <laughs> for not working harder and like, but also to be so motivated. And um, you know, I, I feel like I have kind of one of those life stories that's kind of you know, it's a little bit irregular, and and I, I want to share that with as many people as I can, and, okay. and in the hopes that maybe it might inspire them to give themselves permission to pursue what it is that they really want to pursue you know
2: so have you done any any talks yet yeah yeah so i
1: did um most recently i did uh, i've done a couple of high schools and i did um nice i did the toronto public library uh they put on kind of a volunteer appreciation event and so i was actually the headline speaker for oh wow yeah um just kind of it was a lot of high school aged kids which is perfect like if i had to choose any age of people to kind of really speak to it's yeah you know it's like 14 to 18 very impressionable still have no idea what you know they want to do with their lives like that's the person that's the kind of person that I think needs what I have to say the most right because if I mean looking back to when I was 16 17 like if somebody had just told me like dude be honest with yourself be honest about what you're passionate about and don't don't shy away from that don't try to like conform to somebody else's idea of what Mm -hmm. success is I think I might have made Uh, very different decisions in life. Would you have chosen acting? I think I might have. I think I might have, or at least wanted to dabble in it, because I'd always kind of had the bug for performing. I don't really know what it was, but um, if I had to guess, it's because I was an only child. My parents worked all the time, so I never really had Mm. their attention. You know, I just, I always dreamed of kind of being you know, a performer and, and people watching me. And I guess it just felt like, you know, for the first time people could see me. Yeah. So I was always fascinated by that from a young age. Um, you know, my parents would also like they would drop me off at the movie theater all the time. Eight in the morning, they would drop me off, give me 20 bucks and be like, here's enough for a ticket. Uh, popcorn. Drink. Eight in the morning. Eight in the morning. Uh, OK, no, no, no. Eight Eight is definitely. I'm so sorry. But okay. Early in the morning. Early in the morning. We'll, we'll say like we'll say I think 11. The is, first show would be like, yeah, 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 around 11.
2: Is this like, OK, we need to go do stuff. So we're the movie is your babysitter
1: yeah yeah that exa- was exactly what it was yeah some some weekends i'd watch like three or four movies three or four different movies some weekends i just watched the same movie three times if there wasn't wow anything else on yeah they were and, and i mean i'm not trying to, i'm not doing that to throw my parents under the bus i mean no i mean they they had to do their best to make ends meet and yeah. obviously as immigrants you know the job security is like number one priority yeah,
2: yeah. so yeah. your parents are from china right mm-hmm. um and you came, so am i actually and you're okay so you're born in china as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. how old were you when you when you came here to, to uh, Toronto, I was five, five when years I was old. Five, yeah, yeah. Okay, and what were what were your parents doing? What was their profession?
1: Um, they're both electrical engineers, actually. So, oh wow. So um, they actually, when they gave birth to me in China, they actually um, they spent some time with me, but they actually went to Canada on their own to go to grad school and kind of get their lives off the ground first. Cause you know, I understand from their perspective, sure. it's like, they don't want to bring a newborn kid to Canada where they have no idea what anything is yeah. going to happen. They do not want to stay with grandparents. So I stayed with my grandparents sure. until I was five. This is, it's, you know, not an uncommon That's an immigrant story. story. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's really interesting though. Cause I remember like meeting my parents for the first time, really? which is really, <laughs> right? Like I, I remember this because, um, you know, my, my, I slept in the same room as my grandparents and I was kind of used to them. And um, I remember like being really excited to meet my dad. But at at the same time, like, you know, at night, like they would be like, oh, why don't you you should sleep in your own room or you should sleep in a room with your dad just to kind of get used to it. And I couldn't because he felt like such a stranger to me. Wow. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so they 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 came to Canada. They studied. They came back to pick you up. They came back
1: to pick me up. Yeah. um, And then they finished their studies while I was there, and then, yeah, kind of got their careers off the ground.
2: So your grandparents, did you see them as, these are my grandparents? Yeah, 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 I always
1: knew, I referred to them as as my grandpa and my grandma, and, and, you know, they were very forthcoming with where my parents were. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting, you kind of
1: accept everything when you're a kid, right? You're like, yeah, okay, my parents are in Canada, they're, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to come back and get me, like, it was fine. But it's really interesting, though, being faced with that reality, because then you're like oh my God, I don't know these people. You know, it's great as a fairy tale when they're like, your parents are going to come get you. (laughs) you It's almost like a movie. Yeah, yeah. But then when they're actually in front of you and they're like, let's go. You you know, I was kind of like really hesitant.
2: Yeah. I guess like on the weekends when they dropped you off at the movie theaters, they're working on on the weekends. Yeah,
1: yeah, they pulled they pulled a lot of overtime, and um, you know they were they were they kept telling me that they were the hardest working people in the company, and yeah. I think they took uh, an immense amount of pride in that. It was mm-hmm. something that they always tried to instill in me as well, to varying degrees of success. But yeah, we'll get into that. Later.
2: I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. um, so you go to school, and and like ninety nine percent of immigrant parents. You're told you gotta be an engineer, a doctor, lawyer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something like that, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. I was pushed into the gifted program from a very young age, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, I was sent to a private school, UTS, which is just up at the annex. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was basically. I mean, our graduating class, even you know, it's like it's like an even split: doctor, lawyer, engineer, businessman. It's literally wow. It's very even, and then yeah. there's me,
2: and then there's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, we'll mess it up right there.
1: I know. I know. See, so yeah, when I, you know, when I graduated and it was time to pick, um, you know, what to do, I kind of, I looked at all of my options and I was like, I don't, I have no idea. You know, I, I maybe had an idea of what I wanted to do, but I, I could never let myself, Yeah. I, I could never admit that to myself or, you know, much less to my parents. So I picked, I picked business because, uh, I thought that that was kind of a cool lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It would be a cool lifestyle to kind of put on a suit every day. Yeah. And go to work on Bay Street or Wall Street or, you know, whatever, whatever street. Um, <laughs> so that, but that literally was my, my, you know, decision process. This is why I say, you know, I wish I had somebody come out and tell me like. come into your, your come school to, yeah, when you yeah, were a Yeah, tini- exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah. What, what was it? Now you grew up in, in Aaron Mills, Mississauga? Aaron
1: Mills, Mississauga. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: What was it like, um, like in the suburbs? Like then it was really the suburbs. Now it's mm-hmm. like Mississauga's. Got all these towers all over the place. I know, I know. Um, was, was there sort of an attraction to come to downtown Toronto at all,
0: or, or what was um, it for you?
1: Honestly, honestly, we moved around so much uh, mm. when I was younger. Um, I was never like, oh my God, I want to live in the big city. I I kind of just accepted where my parents, wherever my parents were going. So they started out, like they did grad school at Queens uh, in Kingston. Oh, wow. So, you know, I I did my first few years of school in Kingston and then we moved to Etobicoke and then we moved to um, Mississauga. We finally settled by the time I was about 11, Mm -hmm. 10 or 11, and... um, no, it was more i wish I wish I had more opinions on growing up in the suburbs, but like it was cool like it yeah. was cool that we you know that we bought a house for the first time you know that my parents mm. were, excuse me my parents were able to do that and um you know the the decision to send me to u t s was really it was a result of the kind of you know when when immigrant parents get together and talk they have like they have these legendary kids i feel like that kind of <laughs> I don't know if you have any experience with this, but, like, the parents just, like, one, there's one kid that, like, did something great. Why can't you be like so-and-so, It's always, why can't you be like this person? (laughs) So, one of the, you know, one of the people in our circle um, had gotten into UTS, and so that became the thing to do. And that's what, you know, they pushed me through that process and everything. And it was great school. Like, I don't regret going at all, but it's just, it's funny how... How that works. That's,
2: that's really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you, you graduate from high school. Yep. Um, you go to, is it Western? It's That, Western, that you yeah. went to, you yeah. studied to become an accountant. Yep. Um, and you go there and the ties didn't fit properly. Like, what was it <laughs> that you said, this is not me?
1: Um, I think it was, I think it was the fact that I, I, I fell asleep in class all the time and I,
2: Oh wow. So this is even before you graduated. Yeah, I
1: think so. I think so. I think it was, I mean, you can tell from my kind of decision process even yeah. to go into the program that I had no real kind of interest in what I was doing. Mm. I, I did maybe, maybe if, uh, the classes that I chose were a little bit more entrepreneurial in, in nature, but for some reason I decided to pick accounting, which is something that is so diametrically opposed to my personality mm-hmm. and i think anybody could have told me that but for some really? reason i was like you know accounting's mm-hmm. going to be the thing and my parents were certainly pushing me in that direction yeah. as well because you know accounting is kind of associated with job security it mm-hmm. seemed like it would sure. be a pretty pretty safe uh route to go down which is really ironic because then i ended up getting laid off Get- the first year i i, I worked
2: so what what Were you like the class clown? You said people said, no, he's not going to be an account. Yeah,
1: I think so. I was, yeah, I was definitely like more of a shit disturber than like the guy who, and there were guys who like read the trades every morning or read the Wall Street Journal, totally up to date on everything, Um, you know, and and when you live and breathe that kind of life, like I know what that feels like now being in the field that I'm in. But, you know, Mm -hmm. watching those guys, I was just like, why do you care so much? Yeah. You know, and I became one of those guys I became kind of like a slacker, kind of like you know, he's, a, you know, one of those, like, it's kind of a TV trope, but it's like those smart people that never exert themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And um, just because I couldn't see, like, the pieces just hadn't fit together for me at that point. I didn't realize what it meant for, you know, somebody to actually be passionate enough about something to throw everything yeah. that they had into it, right? So, I see, yeah, I'd see these people reading the Wall Street Journal and be like, I could never get into that. I could wow. never be that kind of person. Did you
2: ever look at, okay, maybe I, I should do... Become a doctor, or study economics, or did did any other sort of quote unquote professional career appeal to you, or did you try looking at doing different things?
1: Sure, yeah, I did. Um, I did a summer actually for Western Foods Bakery as a marketing associate. Okay, and so that was kind of like I found it more enjoyable than accounting because. You know, with marketing, there, there's a lot more creative involved than I was. Sure, um, sure. You know, I was having meetings with ad agencies and, and stuff, and we would like craft ad campaigns around yeah. around the products. And uh, it kind of did pique my interest. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it was almost like I had my parents speaking in my ear. They were just <laughs> like, it's not safe marketing. It's not a, you know. Yeah. And it, it's so, like, it's such a great, wonderful industry. You yeah. Know? Can't believe I. What have... is safe these days? Mm. You know, like what is safe? Honestly, everything's going to become automated in a few years anyway. <laughs> but so yeah, like I, I did, I did kind of have this um, inclination that I should, I should maybe pursue these other areas of business, but then. Um, you know, but then my final year rolled around, and yeah. you know, right at the beginning, companies start coming in. You got to do that whole recruiting thing, and mm-hmm. the business school that I went to, which is Ivy, they take the recruiting very seriously. And yeah. basically, from September, companies are coming in, and every basically every day, you go to class at seven in the morning, you finish at two. And then you go home, you put on a suit, and then you go to whatever the mixer is for the company that comes. And, like, okay. you know, different banks, different accounting firms will rotate in and out. And it's yeah. just, like, a machine. So there really wasn't that much time for self-reflection, at least yeah. for me. And so I, you know, I played the game, and then I got hired very quickly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I found myself like with a job pretty much immediately, and I was like, okay, well, mission accomplished. Why would I? Yeah. Why would I give that up <laughs> now? You know, why would I say? Why would I say no? Screw it! I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a marketer. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of that's how it
2: happened. And so you got laid off or you got fired? Like, did you fall asleep at your desk? <laughs> um,
1: I I got I got laid off, but it was not a big like. It was a few people that got laid off. It was like the first round of cuts, sort Ah. of. And uh, I knew that they had not done well in their previous quarter. And um, yeah, so I I got called into the office and and I remember, you know, the woman from HR is standing there. And then, you know, they give me the letter and the notice and then basically had to walk out back into my office which is not an office it's an open cubicle the entire floor can see me Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, grab my things yeah. while the it woman from HR is standing right behind me <laughs> to this day man it is one of the most like embarrassing moments of my I life I can
2: imagine that yeah yeah that must be really really crazy yeah um, and so what what prompted you to go to Craigslist because I I've read the story that you went <laughs> right, on yeah, Craigslist right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was it like you know what, what the F let me just Check this out, yeah. or what was what was that? Man,
1: yeah, it wasn't it wasn't totally out of the blue. I mean, I I had a lot of friends when I was in high school that were, uh, I guess I did this thing called parkour gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of okay. for fun. I was yeah, yeah. break dancing because obviously anything but you know actually paying attention in class. Sure.
2: Well, I uh, seen so, that picture you uh, posted on the the Brooklyn Bridge. You were yeah, at, yeah, yeah. And you did a flip. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: I love doing that um, yeah so you know I, when you're 16 you, and you can't actually talk to girls this, that, that is one of the ways that you yeah. think that you can impress them yeah, but yeah, yeah. obviously that's not how things turn out a lot of guys are impressed though a lot of guys,
2: I can you know, they're like,
1: dude, that's so cool. And I'm like, this is great, but this did you take not...
2: gymnastics in, in, uh, while you were in um, school? Or... Yeah.
1: Yeah. I did kind of uh, on my own, like without okay. my parents knowing, I kind uh, of picked it up recreationally. Okay. And, uh, so I had a bunch of friends who were kind of in those circles who were kind of getting jobs to stunt people. And okay. so that's how I was like, I was like, oh, there's people doing this for a living. Like that was yeah. always in the back of my okay. mind. Okay. All right. And so, you know, I was always like, yeah, but that's not me. That's not, okay. that's never going to be me. Yeah. And then, you know, when I'm laid off and I wake up the next morning, um, you know, I wake up the next morning, I'm like, yeah, exactly. What the hell? Why not? What the yeah. fuck? What do I have to lose at this point, right? Wow. You know? That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I log on to Craigslist, as, as you probably know, and, and lo and behold, it's like big studio movies looking for extras, right? Yeah. Pacific Rim. Um, Pay's not very good, but, like, got to be on set with... Um, you know, with everybody, with Guillermo del Toro and like mm. everybody was in that movie. Yeah. Um, Charlie Day and like Idris Elba and just, you know, just being around those people and, and the crew and the, it's just, it was such a big spectacle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: And that, that sort of piqued your interest?
1: Yeah, well, I... I I guess I had never, it had never really dawned on me that this was something that people actually did with their lives, is work in the movie industry. It seemed mm-hmm. like a fantasy land. Yeah. But, you know, when you're on set, you see, like, hundreds of people who do this for a living. And yeah. it just all kind of hit me in the face at once. Yeah. So I was like, if, if they can do it, then why can't I?
2: So what'd you do after that? You you're, you're an extra. You're like a face in the crowd. Yeah, face in the thing. crowd. You couldn't okay. even like. You probably can't even see me in yeah. the movie.
1: Yeah, I've, I've tried.
2: Have you I tried could... finding yourself? Oh or... yeah, no, no, no not no. there. Right. There, were,
1: there were hundreds of people that day. <laughs> it was this like big scene in the streets of Hong Kong. So okay. it was literally hundreds yeah. of people. Um, what happened after that? Well, yeah, I, I, I basically like logged onto Craigslist again and then again, and like every day for about, you know, two months I, I did that. I, I kind of went on Facebook t- and there were certain Facebook groups that were, uh, related to kind of film schools and, you know, different okay. places that were casting. Mm-hmm. None of them would really pay anything or very much, yeah. but, um. Uh, it was just... I took any opportunity that I could have to, to kind of be on set just because I, I wanted to kind of drink that in as much as I could. Yeah. And then at the same time, I was starting to take acting class. Okay. At this point, I, I didn't know if, you know, if this could ever be a, a whole career. I was like, I had some time before I would... To me, I, I thought maybe in the future I would still return at some point to my accounting career. But sure. like, this was kind of, for me, I was like, I need to get this out of my system, right? Let's yeah. try it out. Okay. And then, you know, maybe I'll hit a wall and then I'll be like, okay, that's Let me done. Let get some headshots. Yeah, yeah, I'll get some headshots, do that whole thing. And, you know, sh- you know, yeah, exactly. Do a couple of commercials, tell my friends. Like, yeah. It'll be
2: fine. <laughs> um you're living at home with your parents at this time
1: uh no i'm living so i'm living in a condo that we bought together i bought with my parents when i was still working at deloitte yeah and the plan was it was very close to my to my office and the plan Mm. was that you know that would be a very good location yeah but you know that didn't obviously again didn't work out the way that we thought it would
2: so what did what did what did did mom and dad say typical this is not just your parents this Mm. is this is parents all over this country and i'm right. sure in the states as yeah, well yeah, yeah that these things happen you know yep. son uh didn't do what parents hoped he would or daughter doesn't do what she you know what the parents thought she sure, would do yeah what is what is that conversation or was there a conversation with mom and dad on this
1: <laughs> well initially there wasn't initially uh you're just doing it <laughs> right i got a bit of a severance from deloitte so i was like all right i'm gonna i'm just gonna try to like Let's keep it from them as long as I can because mm-hmm. I knew that I was going to have to tell them eventually, but yeah. I really, really was not looking forward to that conversation. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of took part of that severance and, you know, put that into paying whatever, you know, our, our mortgage. But then I also, um, I also yeah, did the headshot thing and did the acting classes. And, uh, you know, for some reason, I was lucky enough to book a, a commercial pretty much immediately after getting an agent um, so I was able to get an agent after doing the whole Craigslist thing, okay. and then um, building up a bit of a resume. And then you know, when you have an agent, you got you start getting sent out on like legitimate things, like you know, bank commercials. Um, so what I got first cast on was a Bell commercial. Okay. And before that commercial was going to air nationally, was when I finally told. So my you
2: knew, Mommy, and i are probably going to see this. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or one of your uncles or aunts or. Exactly. Or well, well, that's the thing, right?
1: It's not even like you, you know. Um, whether whether or not they see it, but it's like whether or not their friends see it, because that's the you know you know your immigrant parents and their circles. It's like it's all about your image as yeah, yeah. Uh, in your friend circle, and uh, especially you know once you reach a certain age, it's all about your kids and competing with the other you know the other people's kids at your workplace and like being able to brag about your kid, and so yeah, I, I when I when I came out to them um it was very difficult for them to accept and we actually we didn't get back on the same page until very very recently so we actually it was it was a bit of a rough time for us yeah they didn't you know i don't blame them they didn't they didn't understand you know it was their kid who went to business school and who they had personally invested so much in and uh, it just felt like you know it felt like i was throwing it all away and in a lot of ways, I was. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It almost sounds like the show that you're on right now. Um, yeah. Did it Did it take you being on, like CBC, for your dad mm-hmm. to say, okay, maybe there's something there, or or, or what was it?
1: Um, I think so. I think what it was for my dad. My dad and my mom came a very, uh, came around at very different times. My dad mm. came around a little bit earlier.
0: Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's really
1: interesting. They right. you I would know, have they thought were, it would be opposite. <laughs> I know. Okay. I know. Um, but I, I think what happened was so you know how I mentioned earlier that I you know the kind of person that I was mm-hmm. before, kind of falling into this, right? Yeah. I was kind of really just a slacker and. I'd always been smart and intelligent, but I'd never really found anything that was worthwhile enough to apply myself to. Mm -hmm. And so when I finally found this, like, it happened all at once, and I noticed myself changing. Like, I would wake up first thing in the morning, and I would check Craigslist in the same way that those kids would check the Wall Street Journal, right? Like, that became (laughs) my Wall Street, and I, like, would check the trades about Hollywood and, you know, what was shooting and what wasn't, you know? And and so that kind of, I, I just threw myself in. And I think my dad kind of seeing that, and he, so my dad, I think, is a bit of a stalker on social media. So <laughs> he, he was like, you know, when I was posting all this stuff about what I was doing in my friend groups, he was like finding ways to read it. So he was yeah. kind of getting it. He was like, oh, geez, like this guy's really ser- A, he's like really serious about what he's doing. And B, like he'd never seen me work this hard for anything before. So he yeah. was kind of like, he always knew. And then, you know, when it really started coming around was the show called Blood and Water, which was the first TV show that I booked. Yeah. Um, What's that
2: show? I've I've heard about it, but I'm not not familiar. It's a
1: small small omni show. Okay. Okay. um, And it features kind of an Asian-Canadian cast speaking in three different languages, speaking in Cantonese, Mandarin, and English. Okay. So um, not a lot of people watched it. Mm -hmm. But... um, but it was an opportunity for me to speak Mandarin, my native language, yeah. and um, it was an opportunity for me to consult my parents t- in order to help me, kind of, ah. with certain words in the script. And so my dad actually became a part of that process for me. Oh wow! And uh, when when I was in Vancouver shooting the show, um, I would excuse me, I would have conference calls with him every night. He would prep me for the next day, and he kind of like, you know, he very unwittingly became a part of the whole thing. And so. Yeah, when Kim's had rolled around, um, he was already pretty much. Yeah, he was very on board, and he was very. It it it, it's really interesting and very refreshing seeing that you know seeing them evolve because it really wasn't like, oh, you're successful, so now we love you. You know, Mm. it was like it was it came from a real genuine understanding that they had maybe been wrong about something or they had not seen how devoted i was and yeah. so uh, yeah I, I really have enjoyed watching them both evolve
2: when did mom come around mom came around at kim's convenience yeah 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 <laughs> she was
1: like you know, for her it was more about a stability thing and yeah. how i was going to be able to feed myself and so <laughs> when we got the contract and she knew how long the contract was going to be she yeah. was like okay okay all
2: right maybe there's something it's all right yeah yeah. yeah.
1: but she's a worrier
2: they never kicked you out of the uh, condo
1: uh they threatened to a bunch of times <laughs> they did but uh, I, I honestly, I did what I what I had to do in order to keep paying, you know, whatever I could. Mm-hmm. I, I took some odd jobs. I, uh, I, I dressed up as uh, Spider-Man for kids' birthdays. So wow. I would go around and kids like five to eight um, throw these big outdoor parties. Yeah. And, uh, I guess and you got
2: to do what you got to do. Eh? You
1: got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And I figured I was still performing. Mm-hmm. So I might as well kind of, you know, get that experience in a way Mm -hmm. you know that kind of quick thinking it was kind of improv class for me in a way yeah like it all seemed to me it all made sense it it all seemed like it was leading towards something yeah even though it might not have made sense to anybody else but I was like all right I'm gonna take that and um yeah just picking up little jobs like that you know on a street corner handing out dog food samples to get rid of my stage fright or you know it was just like yeah
2: I was like what were you I'm curious about one thing I'm curious about right um friends that you may have made in university Mm -hmm. um uh, at the firm as you're you're working there so that that circle of friends who went on to become accountants or went Mm -hmm. to went to different places outside of business school Mm -hmm. when they graduated Mm -hmm. was there ever a a fear that man i hope i don't bump into anybody as i'm handing out dog food or as i hope nobody I hope my friend doesn't book me to go to his kids (laughs) birthday party and I show up in a Spider-Man outfit like I'm I'm curious about that
1: sure sure Um, there's definitely uh, an aspect of that I remember once I did, a, I was doing a promotional thing for like an exhibition rugby game and mm-hmm. we had to go out and, you know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with rugby, but in a lot of them, they, they, the team does like these hakas yeah, yeah, before yeah. the game and these like these big, like, you know, tribal chants. Mm-hmm. And so they booked me and a bunch of other people to do this like tribal chant yeah. right in the middle of Bay Street, like right where I used to work. Wow. So I think I ran into like six or oh seven people that day. Yeah, th- honestly, some days were easier than others and those were definitely not, uh, that day in particular was definitely not one of the easiest. There was definitely an element of that, but at the same time, you know, uh, I think I wanted, I wanted to do what I was doing badly enough that I was okay. willing to take that because there was always something in the back of my mind that knew that it would be temporary, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, despite that kind of little hit of shame that I would take, I would go home at the end of the day and I would be, like, able to sleep with myself. Whereas whereas, when I was working at Deloitte, like, I would lie in bed until the last possible second I had to get out in order to get dressed and, and go to work because I just, like, I was just so miserable. And I wasn't sure mm. how I was ever going to, you know, going to get out of that situation. So really, uh, getting laid off was, like the best thing that happened to me. Blessing in disguise. My, it really was. It saved my life. I know that's cliche, but yeah. honestly, I believe it.
2: You, you actually, you were nominated when you were with Blood and Water? Yeah, right? yeah I was yeah. nominated
1: for a Canadian Screen Award. How did that feel? Um, pretty amazing. Yeah? Pretty amazing to be able to tell. Was that you know, some
2: excited. validation for you? Say, okay, I made the right choice? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm a, I, or son when did of you? Chinese
1: immigrants, yeah. so I, they're very, you know, they're very, very achievement oriented. They have people. that, they
2: have that in their hallway. Exactly. Or yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a great piece of news that I was able to break to my parents. Yeah. Yeah.
2: When did you know that you made the right choice? Was was it the first ever gig you got, saying, "Okay, I'm, I'm happy here." Like, how did you know that? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm content.
1: Honestly, I don't. I. Ugh.
2: Or has that come yet? I think it has. Yeah. I think it
1: has. I don't think it was ever any one moment. Okay. But you know, as I told you, I think it's like the the moment where I my thought process began to shift from like this is something I'm pursuing just because I have spare time, and to this is something that I can see myself doing for a living was yeah. probably being on set of that the that first commercial. Oh wow! The first the Bell, Bell commercial. commercial. Yeah, yeah. It oh was wow! Like, bigger that was on a bigger scale than any of the other sets that i had been on because Mm -hmm. um, i don't know if you've been to many film sets but like they can never (laughs) okay they can vary like your you know joe schmo music video can be like a guy with his dslr or you know if if for kim's convenience or like a bell commercial it's like as you know it's a crew of like like, 50 to 100 people. Yeah. Um, and everyone is has a very specific job, and, and the production value is just, like, through the roof. Mm-hmm. And um, and here I was as a guy who had been an actor for, like, maybe, like, two months at that point. And, you know, I was the star. I was, like, the number one for that commercial. So everybody was, like, asking, you know, do you need anything? Do you? I had my own, like, green room that I got Did to <laughs> kind of... Yeah, sit and, like, prepare for my role as this guy who was selling bell products okay (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i i don't don't say that to say that it was because of the attention that i wanted to do it but i I just remember feeling like that yeah that feeling just surpassed anything that i had achieved Hmm. for myself up until that point so Hmm. i was like i I just i would give anything to feel i got addicted i I was like i would give anything to feel that again nice Yeah, yeah
2: you also wrote on that show yeah. How is that? That's sort of like a different muscle, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. So I think man, I think what it was is, is and that this is something I have to accredit to my business school education. But yeah. like when I made the decision, like I'm all in,
0: mm-hmm. I,
1: I really like I meant all in. So, you know, not just as an actor, but I, I wanted to carve out a career for myself okay. in this industry, regardless of what that meant. So I was, you know, I was trying to do as many stunts as I can. I was acting. And then um, I was like it kind of seemed really intuitive to me that if i was an actor and i wasn't getting the roles that i wanted mm-hmm. then maybe i should just create them okay and i'd always been a half decent writer ooh yeah we got a we got an ambulance passing by if your sound is picking that <laughs> up but um Yeah, I'd always been kind of a a good writer. I mean, we we do a lot of business writing in business school. So it's not really the same thing. But just to have a knowledge of prose and, and, you know, that translated quite nicely, I found, into Mm -hmm. screenwriting, which is very structural. Um, So, yeah, I, I, again, like I taught myself how to act. I didn't think there was any reason why I couldn't teach myself how to write as well. So I, I just, you know, I bought all the books that I could on, on writing and try to develop that muscle simultaneously. Yeah. Because I just knew like if, if I was gonna start later than everybody else with less training than everybody else, mm-hmm. I was gonna have to outwork them somehow. I yeah. had to I had to do something that they weren't doing. Yeah. And so I yeah, I, I really I threw everything I had into it. So when I wasn't when I wasn't learning how to act, I was learning how to write and when I wasn't learning how to write, I was learning how to do stunts. Mm-hmm. And um you know, I had directorial aspirations at that point as well. Okay. and I still do, but yeah. you know maybe that's that's something a little bit further down just because I've been able to experience that kind of success yeah. in, in these other areas. And what happened was we shot the first season of Blood and Water and then um, I was also shooting kind of a short that I had wrote okay myself and kind of got a a ragtag crew together to kind of shoot it yeah and i showed it to my showrunner on a whim because we were friends at that point and she was like you know let me know what you're up to and i was like oh i I shot a short here you know here it is and she calls me into her office the next day and is like i loved what you did you know i want you to write for our show oh wow and so that's that's honestly how i how i lucked into that position i was severely underqualified (laughs) it doesn't happen to everybody like this and um a lot of people a lot of people spend years in in school for screenwriting and then you know and then grind for a very long time in order to get that opportunity yeah. so i was i was very fortunate
2: tell me how kim's convenience came about mm-hmm. um, was that something that you found or was that so is your your agent coming to you or yep um, there there
1: so the play kim's convenience has um, you know if you if you were an asian uh, actor, artist working okay. in Canada—you yeah. know about Kim's Convenience, right? It—it okay. it is in the pantheon of like Asian Canadian literature. The play, the play on, you're talking about. Yes, the play. Really? Okay. So the play. I mean, the play originally premiered in, I think, uh, 2011. Yeah. And since then, it you know it had gone on to tour nationally multiple times. So yeah. there was word in the air that it had been. Option by CBC. Okay. Right. And um, and I had seen the play. So
2: all the Asian actors are now.
1: Exactly. Everybody was <laughs> like, okay, the, you know, we have an idea, like, the, there's going to be stuff coming up. Yeah. And um, around the same time, I was doing a play called Banana Boys at the factory theater. Okay. So um, Banana Boys, incidentally, was something that Ince Choi, who created Kim's Convenience, acted mm-hmm. in um, over 10 years ago. Okay. So there was a connection there. Ah. And, Ince came to watch the rehearsals uh, to watch us rehearse one day, and then he also came to watch a show. But that was actually how we uh, met. Okay. And I knew that he was doing the show, and I yeah. didn't. I didn't want to like be like, "Hey, get me a job." But <laughs> I was, you know, I, I was I was very friendly with him. Yeah. And um and, you know, obviously in the on the shows that I knew he was watching, I I, I really I forced myself to you know really give her. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when the auditions were coming around, we got a request and, um, and I think, yeah, I just, I went in and I did it about four rounds of auditions over the course of about two months. And, uh, and I still don't know how it happened, man. It feels like I got struck by lightning. Really? Really. Yeah. Did you,
2: um, try out for the role that you're playing now? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Did you bring some of that? Okay, I know this guy. Like, this is me. Yeah, the guy, I guy not Estranged from his his his, uh, his parents. I did, I
1: did, and, and having seen the play and ha- having had such a, a visual, personal connection to it, mm. it was something that was important to me. Yeah, that didn't. I mean, that. Uh, of course, but the thing about Kim's Convenience is that it's it's important and it's relatable to everybody. So I knew everybody else was feeling the same way. Yeah, that's the thing. And um, I honestly, I went in and I was like, I know everybody's going to go out for this role. I know, you know, he's seen me, but he's probably seen everybody else too. So I just kind of like, no expectations, just go have fun with it and then leave it. And, um, and then they called me back and I was like, same thing, you know, it's a callback, but that's all it is. Yeah. And then, but they just kept calling me back and, and it got to the point where at the screen test, I go to the sign in sheet and I'm the only name there. And oh. I remember that it should have like relaxed me a little bit. I got so nervous cause that was the first, that was the First moment where it became real for me, where I was like, "You huh. could get this." Before I felt like I was just playing. I was like, "Okay, yeah, you want me back?" There's but a like, hundred of other, yeah, exactly, Asian exactly. Guys. Um, but yeah, seeing my seeing my name as the only one on the list was like, I was like, "Oh, geez,
2: wow, yeah." So there's so this is in twenty. So you guys, when did you guys tape?
1: So that was in 2016, early 2016. And oh wow, we, we went to camera uh, June of 2016.
2: That was quick then. A year ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah.
2: That was really really I mean
1: they've been developing the show for uh, quite a bit, you know, beforehand, but yeah, sure. that was when um, when I was brought in.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um but you you're also and I I didn't know this. I'm, I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of Kim when I when I first saw Kim's Convenience, right, right. I go this here's here's an ethnic TV show mm-hmm. that I can relate to mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is so hilarious mm-hmm. that is and and I, I know a lot of people get off on pissing on cbc and their shows and stuff like that <laughs> sure. i said you know there's there's your show kim's convenience that i really love uh-huh. um there is uh the baroness von sketch show Amazing which shit, i think yeah. is hilarious yeah, yeah. um so I've, I've enjoyed um my time with cbc in in the recent uh, recently yeah, yeah, um, yeah but you also started doing a bunch of other things at, at the same time right there was mm-hmm. that liam neeson TV show yes
1: Uh, so there was Taken yeah Yeah. I got cast for Taken around the same time and I didn't think I was and that's like a
2: US that's a US production that's a
1: US production that shot in Toronto
2: okay okay okay
1: so I actually I thought that I wasn't going to be able to do both but somehow we worked it out there was about a six week period where I was doing both and I was like on set for one getting shuttled to the other sleeping two hours and then repeating the process for about for about six weeks I barely slept I was exhausted but it was, it was it, I mean, it was the best six weeks of my life. As an actor, all you want to do is to be, is feel that level of exhaustion. Yeah. Honestly, honestly. Um, I, I still look back at that time and I'm like, A, I don't know how I did it. And yeah. B, like, if I should ever be so lucky again.
2: How was it you're doing comedy on the one hand? And yeah, then I'm yeah, assuming, yeah. I never did see Taken. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's, like, drama. Not a comedy, yeah, action. it's a, yeah, action, yeah. action drama. How, how do you make that t- switch oh, in, you, man, in your it's, brain? Oh, man, it's,
1: uh, honestly, that is, that is that easier. Exactly. That is easier than, than you might think. Just because, like, when you walk on the set of Taken, it's, like, so different. It's lit differently, so it's okay. dimly lit. There's, like, computers everywhere, and yeah. there's, like, you know, the, the set dressers are very talented, but it's, like, the, you know there's like, there's like a terrorism board and there's like national security mm. information, just like scrolling along the yeah. screen and you, you just get into it.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll trust you on that. I know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I
1: knew that, I guess I knew the character that I auditioned with and I knew what yeah. I brought. And then, um, you know, at that point you kind of just have to put your trust in the director mm-hmm. and say, you know, I'm, I'm, going to give you what I have, and then if you feel like you need to change Mm -hmm. me, then you give the adjustment, but, you know, I'm confident in in my choices
2: right now as they are. Has that show taken off? Do you know?
1: Um, so yeah, we've aired, um, we did a season, and then actually, um... They got renewed for a second season, but recently did they, you get killed? Uh, they're, they're not killed, okay. but they're they're going in a, a different direction with the show. Okay, and a lot of the supporting cast have been replaced. Okay, so I was a part of that supporting cast that got replaced, but it's it's all good. There's no hard feelings. Okay, there. Okay, 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 yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Or you did Orphan Black around the same time. Yeah, well? I did Orphan Black afterward uh, yeah. as
1: well. And, um, you know, I was on a couple other shows. There's one upcoming called Bad Blood on uh, City TV.
2: Bad Blood, I've heard of that. Yeah,
1: it's, um, it's a, it's an account of, it's a mini-series that talks about Vito Rizzuto, who is the uh, famous Montreal mafia Ah, gangster boss guy. And, um, I did a couple of episodes on the show called Slasher. Second season of that, which is coming out, and, um just been keeping busy actually yeah this past couple of months i I actually got to do my first video game as well
2: video game tell me about that yeah
1: so it's um it's really cool what we're able to do now because it's not just voice you don't just go into a booth and like you know and and act but you you go and get your entire face and body scanned into the game and then when you do your scenes, you actually, like, perform them. Oh, wow. So you wear these, like, motion capture suits, and then you wear uh, this kind of helmet thing that points cameras back at you and attracts all your facial expressions and your lips and your mouth and everything. So when you do the scene, there is actually, like, a mock-up of your characters doing it as well. And, like, yeah, you don't have, you know, the actual set. You kind of have to imagine a lot of it. But you have a lot of what you need. Like, if there's a desk, there'll be something tactile that you can use yeah you know if you're if you're referring to something they'll typically have like a tennis ball or yeah. whatever so it tells you where to look but um yeah it's a really really cool experience especially for me because i i grew up playing video games. which
2: video game was this can I, you, can't can you say. Say? I can't say i can't all say. right fair enough fair, enough. fair enough. <laughs> enough although is it was it in here in toronto or montreal because i know Montreal and toronto i have very big video game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you should be
1: able to extrapolate the company by just it being in Toronto and Montreal, but I can't say anything. Fair that's enough,
2: like, fair <laughs> enough. I, I, if I if I'm I, trying to be coy about I, it. I hear you. I hear you. Um, you've you you season two is coming out. Kim Kim's convenience. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, that, so now. that's oh, so you're shooting it now. Mm-hmm. When does it come out?
1: Comes out in October. Yeah, early October, around the same time that season one came out. Okay.
2: Do you date your boss eventually? <laughs> Because I think in season one you were supposed to go on a date. You don't go on a date. Yeah, you know, we we went out. That's and, hilarious and it didn't chemistry, kind of though. The way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's it's so funny. We actually, you know, Nicole, who's a very talented actress that plays Shannon, and I joke yeah. all the time. We're like, if we actually like our characters actually get together, we have no idea how we would work out just yeah. because like our chemistry so far on screen has been like so awkward it is but it's like, a
2: good how do we
1: work <laughs> together it wouldn't it's not like it's definitely not like jim and pam at the office where like from day one you're like you, i you. can see these two together yes like for us it's more like you watch us and we're like how would they function yeah. as a but because it, you can tell she
2: she's trying to impress you and you're like who is this annoying girl yeah that's yeah, yeah but then you know
1: halfway <laughs> through it switches right? it does it does yeah, it's yeah, yeah.
2: really really weird
1: so, I, obviously, I can't tell you. No. And I don't even know, really, <laughs> you know. I'm
2: just going to have to wait and see. <laughs> Dude, when does it air? Do you know when season two starts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. O- October. October. Starts in October. Yes. Fantastic. Um, you're in New York because mm-hmm. the play comes convenience. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: we. Um, so, Paul and Jean, who play Amma and Appa, yeah. um, they've been kind they of. They were
2: in the play too, weren't they? Yeah,
1: they were. Uh, Paul is actually the only actor who's ever played that character. It's always been Paul. And oh, wow. Jean has played Amma no shortage of times either. Yeah. So, they actually spent a lot of this year touring um, the play around the country in um, Nova Scotia, Montreal, okay. Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the kind of end to that tour was in New York. Oh, wow. So, for, for Canada's 150th, Soul yeah. Pepper, the theater company that, yes. that puts on Kim's, they actually um, they took over an entire space off Broadway and they're premiering a, a selection of their plays. And okay. kind of their whole thing is for Canada's 150th, this yeah. is our theater, you know, in New York.
2: Yeah. And
1: so, of course, you know, Paul and Jean wanted to be a part of that. So the entire show went on a hiatus and, um, and Paul and Jean were in New York. Actually, they still are. We're back now, so we're yeah. going to shoot as much as we can without them, but yeah. we were all on hiatus last week, so okay. uh, what a bunch of us in the cast decided to do was to go and
2: support them. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, you've, you, you've 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 uh, tweeted some stuff recently that I'd love to talk to you about. Sure, man. Um, first of all, how did you manage to get Hamilton tickets?
1: How did I manage <laughs> to get Hamilton tickets? It was not through the lottery. It was not through Connections. Yeah. That's what everybody always asks me. They're like... Are you? Yeah, you you know somebody on the inside, <laughs> yeah. don't you? I'm like, no, no, dude.
2: You actually went and bought the tickets. Like I bought so.
1: the tickets. I um. So what I did was, um, th- and this is let this be a tutorial to everybody else who's seeking Hamilton tickets because yeah. I feel like there's a misconception a little bit that yeah. they're impossible to get tickets for. Uh huh. It's possible. So I'm gonna tell you what I did. Okay, here we go. The All secret. Right? Yeah. So if you go on the Hamilton website, there's this place that you can go. It's like Ticketmaster resale. So, it's not like the uh, the first batch of tickets. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the people get them and they need to resell them for whatever reason or they scalp them. And um, usually the prices are very, very high mm-hmm. unless you get to the day of the show and for whatever reason this particular person has not sold their ticket yet. Okay. And then they start to get nervous. Ah. And then as you check throughout the day, some of the prices start to go down because they're like, if I don't sell this ticket by eight o'clock, yeah. I lose all this money. Yeah. So. It was Saturday, so it was actually just a couple of days ago, but I had been doing my thing, checking those prices, and finally I saw something dip below that mark where it was like, you know, it was like, I if can it goes this. below this number, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. And uh, And so I did. I mean, it still wasn't cheap, but at the same sure. time, it wasn't like... 800 bucks each or anything like and that. And is it
2: as good as everyone says? It's better. It's really? It's Because this is like a, the second cast, right? This is not the it's original. the second
1: cast, yeah. I saw it with uh, Javier, Javier Munez, yeah? who was Lin-Manuel's understudy. Ah, okay. And played and played that role every Sunday. Ah. So he's since taken over, yeah. and now, now it's just him. Yeah. It was amazing. Really? It was amazing. I mean, I would have loved to see it with Lin-Manuel. Sure. But... Uh, I, I was first of all I, I tried not to spoil myself like I was not one of those people that like had n- the entire soundtrack before even watching the play so yeah, I was yeah. like I wanted to keep that uh, you know I, I just didn't want to have any sort of expectation going into the play and mm. uh, I was blown away it, was, it is so good wow it's it's so rare for something to be hyped that hard and yeah, actually it and still up be it. really
2: really good but no man it was it was fantastic awesome um you tweeted about and i'm sure you've got thoughts on yep. uh, was it hawaii 50 hawaii 50 yeah they they let no they didn't let go i think two of their asian actors mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, quit mm-hmm. Um, because they weren't being paid the same amount mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, i'm assuming this is true
0: mm-hmm. they
2: they've told that your your thoughts on and, and i guess it's not just asian actors but like people of color yeah. it's it seems to be you know, whether it is the Academy Awards, a couple of years mm-hmm. where there was no black actor or actress yep. nominated for anything, yep. um, to these two people from Hawaii, Five O quitting because they weren't paid the same, sure. to even back in, I remember the X-Files days, uh, I can't remember the name of the actress um, that played uh, Scully? Yeah, Dana Scully. Uh-huh. She wasn't paid the same amount as Fox Mulder. Right, right. Um, you're in the industry. Mm-hmm. What do you see? What are your thoughts on all of this?
1: Um yeah, what are my thoughts on all of it? I got to I got to make sure I don't yeah. say the wrong thing here cuz you know how you know how <laughs> what happens <laughs> when that that uh yeah. goes down. Let's see. I think that we're in the golden age of diversity and equality. I mm-hmm. think it has never been things have never been like this where not only Is the industry as a whole kind of moving towards equality in both gender and race? Mm -hmm. And also, simultaneously, uh, people of visible minorities and women being given such a a strong voice and being able to um, voice their opinions and garner support from the crowd and really like show Hollywood Mm -hmm. that they care. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the biggest. Uh, and the most important thing right now. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I, I tweet, I tweet and people tweet and, you know, I think there there can be a misconception sometimes. Like, what are you guys complaining about? You know, it's not like, it, guys, it's not that bad. Like, yeah, we, we get it. It's not that bad. It, mm-hmm. In fact, it's better It's better than it's ever been. But we sure. know that there's still work to be done. Yeah. And we know that we finally kind of have a voice that, that matters and that people can listen to. Mm-hmm. And really, that's what, That's what's kind of galvanizing all of us. It's not this notion that like, oh my God, everything is the worst. I'm a millennial. I have to complain about everything. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's being endowed with this, you know, this knowledge that what you say can affect the world. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say what I have to say. I'm going to say what I feel is Mm -hmm. important, what
2: I believe in. Do you pick roles as well with that in the back of your, in the back of your mind?
1: Uh, sure, sure. I've turned I've turned stuff down before. Yeah. Um
2: saying that's too you know that's
1: uh, that's too like fun. I
2: I can see like a, a an Indian guy saying, Oh here here I go again. I'm playing a sure. doctor, I'm playing a taxi driver, or yeah, I'm playing yeah. terrorist number two.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um Um I you know, I, I certainly haven't gotten to the point where I can say no to everything and anything. Sure. sure. But definitely you're seeing that um, uh, you're seeing that with people like Aziz even like you know, he's been so outspoken about the roles that he's going out for mm-hmm. and like, you know, to have somebody in his position, yeah, being able to call out Hollywood like that, right? Because yeah. not all of us can do it, right? Yeah. All of, you know, a lot of us are still struggling for a job or, mm-hmm. you know, or you achieved yeah. a small amount of success, but like, I'm still a far cry away from, mm-hmm. you know, being at that level where I actually don't need Hollywood anymore on my side, like. So it's really um, we're really fortunate in that, as you know, people like Aziz and another really outspoken uh, actor, actor is Constance Wu from Fresh Off the Boat. I don't know if you're familiar with her. I've heard the show, but no, I'm not. Right, familiar. right. Yeah. So she plays the mom in that show, and yeah. she's you know extremely eloquent, extremely articulate, and very, very um, outspoken on Twitter. Yeah. As well, and uh, yeah, you're seeing you're seeing this kind of we're holding Hollywood to a higher standard. And, you know, more importantly, because Hollywood, you know, you, you can't forget is, is a money-making machine.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's just, it's business. So I think what we're really doing is we're showing them that we will respond to better material. or We we, we will respond mm-hmm. to more diverse characters and yeah. more diverse stories. Yeah. That is the most important thing.
2: Nice, nice. What do you do outside of work? hmm You know, you... You're 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 rehearsing for a bunch of roles. Mm-hmm. You're going for a bunch of roles. Uh, you know you work your uh, your writing muscle, your acting muscle. Um, is there anything you do to, I don't know, relieve stress or just enjoy? What is what is it that Simo likes to do? Oh man, honestly, Seema likes to work. <laughs>
0: yeah. There's
1: nothing more stress relieving than like knowing that you're getting, a, you yeah. know, like knowing you've completed a deal and you know you're gonna be working. you, you know getting the next show that you're going to be on, I, I I know that's not the answer you're looking for. I do, I do, I play sports, um, I'm a very competitive guy, so yeah. I love, I love sports. You it's did martial like arts, outlet. right? Yeah, 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 I do martial arts and do you gymnastics, still do that? so I still do that. Okay. Um, which I martial sh- arts do you, do you do? So I do Taekwondo and okay. this thing called Extreme Martial Arts, which kind of marries martial arts with gymnastics. Okay. This very acrobatic, showy sort of thing. Okay. So a lot of it's for camera, right? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I still, I was actually on set less than two months ago. I was doing a stunt role. Okay. So I like to, I like to still dabble in stunts once in a while. Okay. I don't like to tell a lot of people that I do it. Because yeah. my agent would be like, are you, you, you don't, don't, maybe don't do that.
2: You don't want to mess up the yeah, face. Yeah, don't mess or... up the
1: face. But sometimes I can't help it. Like, they're yeah. like, do you want to get shot today? I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I get shot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I can't say no to that. Yeah. You know?
2: Nice. which, which role, which movie was this for? TV show was this for?
1: Ah, uh, the latest one is Dark Matter. Dark Matter is okay. a, is a sci-fi show. All right. And uh, and get a nice bullet to the to the chest. Yeah, it's really cool. We use a thing called a squib, which is like really just a low-level explosive that like really like pops. Okay. Yeah, so you wear it inside your shirt, yeah. and then you attach like a blood pack to it. So okay. when they time it, and it, it makes a huge noise, and it really like since in this explosive, like yeah. you really feel like you're getting shot. It's like it feels like a punch to the chest. Wow, so it's really cool. Really it's like cool.
2: battery operated.
1: Um, yeah, it's remotely operated. Okay, okay, okay. Remotely right. operated, and like it was cool, even just like putting it on, because like you had like effectively a bomb squad like escorting you everywhere. Yay! It's, really? It's great. It's
0: great. <laughs> yeah, we
1: have we're very fortunate to be in a country where set safety is a big, big thing. But yeah, we had like all the the whole props team and the explosive team um, just kind of walking me around everywhere. Yeah. Very, very careful.
2: I know you didn't grow up. Well, I guess you did. You were in the movie theaters like mm-hmm. every Saturday mm-hmm. for the whole day. But was there a, a actor or actress that is sort of like your favorite, your muse maybe sure, or something like that? Sure, sure. Um,
1: you know, well, first of all, a really interesting question because, you know, when you look at your inspiration, you mm-hmm. probably want that to be somebody who you can personally relate to. Yeah. And to be honest, as an Asian as an asian uh performer like you don't have that many yeah. can, as an asian kid growing up it's like who do you have mm, you have you know you have jet lee jackie chan yeah. bruce lee but if you're in canada and you grow up in canada you know those as much as those people may look like you that that's not your lived experience right? yeah yeah so i actually didn't really have anybody that looked like me so who i gravitated towards was like will smith Okay. And Fresh Prince and, yeah. and you know, the fact that he was able to achieve that much commercial success despite being an actor of colour. Yeah. Even though it wasn't my colour. Yeah, it was yeah, still yeah. he was still felt like he was fair enough, me. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Um Canadian T V versus US TV, you've done both. Yeah. Um what are the differences? Like the sort of money. the obvious difference, money. <laughs> Is that the obvious one? Is that well, the obvious no. One? So I, I can assume that right, that that, right. That, would, that would be one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And and it's you know I don't want to ask you you know for these side roles in the U.S. You probably got paid more than the Canadians. <laughs> that, that that I really don't don't need to know. But in terms of I don't know production or or different things like that, or maybe the level of professionalism or. Oh. I'm curious about that. I
1: don't think there's any difference in the level of Mm professionalism. Professionalism. I think, I think, um, I think it's certainly an American stereotype of like having everything in excess. Mm. I think that's the one thing that I noticed on American sets. Yeah, was just like there was so much of everything where necessarily they didn't didn't necessarily have to be that much of it, and um, you know a lot of you know i'm sure a lot of the canadian shows would would do the same thing were they given that kind of budget but mm. you know we're constrained and maybe even fortunate to be constrained in that way because you know constraint breeds a lot of creativity in certain situations true so i it's really i mean certainly for me like the you know the short films that i try to produce myself are done in a sh- like a shoestring compared to even what kim's has mm-hmm. and um you know part of the fun of filmmaking and, and being an artist is like learning to live within your constraints right? Yeah. so it's really interesting it's really interesting seeing seeing uh, a set where like that's absolutely totally not an issue like you want to do two weeks of reshoots let's do two weeks of reshoots you want like let's park you know you need two trucks take four here's like <laughs> all the grip and gaffer gear you, uh, you need ever and, and most of it's just like lying in the truck or you know it's not being used at all Mm-hmm. It's really interesting.
2: Are there Canadian, other Canadian actors, young Canadian actors like yourself that you, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in LA that mm-hmm. you that you hang out with? Is, is there sort of that camaraderie?
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I went to I went to LA for the first time for the first pilot season this year, mm-hmm. and uh, I roomed with a really good friend of mine, okay, um, who's now in Vancouver. Yeah, um, and yeah, we. I mean. Yeah, there absolutely is a great sense of community. And what I found in L.A., too, is that there's a great sense of community over there, mm-hmm. um, particularly among actors of color. Like, okay. Like, you know, there, there's organizations devoted to supporting Asian actors, for example. Okay. And uh, I was able to, in my time there, like, I was able to visit the set of Fresh Off the Boat and mm-hmm. um, this other ABC sitcom called Dr. Ken. Okay. And, uh, you know, I was able to meet Ken Jeong and Randall Park and, yeah, and yeah. just a lot of... A lot of people that I really really look up to so uh-huh. I think there's just a general like everybody is on the same page about about you know representation in the industry what where we need to go and and you know we can only get there by kind of banding together and not having the sort of every man for themselves mentality that yeah maybe other people in LA might have
2: yeah where do you see yourself down the road do You are, is is do, are, do you see yourself doing what I don't know 90% of Canadian actors do and sort of base <laughs> yourself out of LA or New York, or something like that, or right. um, or, or or is it sort of you're, you're playing it as it goes?
1: Right. Um. I think I think there's always been in my mind, um, ho- this hope that I I would make it in Hollywood. Yeah. Right. And that isn't to necessarily say that I would forget my roots and mm-hmm. and forget my Canadianness and never come back here. <laughs> right i love this country yeah i actually the more time i spend in the states the more i love this country <laughs> but uh but hollywood is hollywood yeah. and um you know for me the journey is the success yeah you know and continually being able to look up and say i'm not done yet i'm going to go to the next level that's kind of what fuels me as a person and so when i look at hollywood i look at that final mountain and I'm sure once I hit it, there'll, there'll be more, you know? Yeah, Are you yeah. going to be able to lead a Hollywood movie? How about a high-budget Hollywood movie? Yeah. How about a higher-budget Hollywood yeah. movie? Um, but How about a Marvel movie? How about a Marvel movie? <laughs> exactly, exactly. If they should ever have an Asian superhero, ever.
2: What were your thoughts when there was this debate when Uh-oh. Iron Fist came out? Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the comics, and so I've never been in Iron You know, I haven't even watched it. That's strange. Right, right. Um but there was talk of why wasn't it an Asian, and then everyone said, well, it was never an Asian mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, character. And, um, I mean, one of the things I loved uh, about, um, oh, my goodness, what was that show that came before? Um, uh, 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 Luke Cage? Luke Cage mm-hmm. was, there was literally one white guy mm-hmm,
0: in the mm-hmm. whole
2: thing. Um, not that of anything against white people, but right, I right, thought right. they actually made... A conscious decision.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I loved the music in that. I loved the visuals in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, your thoughts. Your thoughts. Like, what did you? Did you have conversations around uh, Iron Fist at all? And absolutely, yeah, did. Um,
1: <laughs> And I'm not. Uh, I want to say that I, you know, I'm not saying that I. My opinion is the only opinion. Sure, I'm sure, 100% sure, right. Yeah. But um, I think he should have been Asian. Yeah. I think when you get up, you know. Uh, when you, take, when you import something from, like, the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and you bring it into the modern era, there's bound to be certain things that don't work,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And um, I feel like the whole storyline with Finn Jones as, you know, a white guy... Um, I'm so sorry, that's the actor's name, of Danny yeah. Rand as, yeah. the, <laughs> as the white guy. I'm, I have nothing against Finn Jones, yeah. really. Um, I, I, you can't knock an actor for, for taking a role. No, right? no, no, but, you can't. But the... The character itself you know he's he's a white guy that um you know grows up in an asian monastery and then bests all of the asian monks at what they do and yeah. then comes back and becomes their savior <laughs> and so yeah like there's a bit of a white savior trope there and i'm not saying that like you absolutely have to cast an asian but like imagine just imagine how refreshing that would have been yeah you know, imagine what all the extra dimensions that we would have been able to explore like and this whole notion of like Asian American versus Asian Asian Mm. like I feel like almost you know a lot of Asian Americans and Asian Canadians feel like they don't have an identity separate from at least to you know to to maybe white people that Mm. they don't have a separate identity from like from like their countries that that they're from and um, it'd be a really interesting opportunity to explore that because, yeah, I, you know, growing up here, I felt like an outsider in both cultures. And that's kind of mm. to that, um, to the character of Danny Rand, it's kind of key. It's like he, he's an outsider. Yeah. It's not necessarily that he's black or white or Asian, it's, it's, you know, what he goes through. So, yeah, I think he could have been Asian. I really do.
2: There you go. Simu, thanks a lot for coming by. I really oh, appreciate thank it. Thank
1: you. Thank you for having me.